All right, we're all set. We're on the air. Struban here, Steve Strusinski with the Four Outdoorsman Radio Show. My buddy Mark Lukey's next to me. Sam is up on Leech Lake fishing with a family, I think, right? Yeah, they do an annual father-son family kind of trip to Leech Lake, and so he is gone this week, and you were gone two weeks before that, so it's... There's one consistency in our listeners' lives. And it's what me. is that? It's me. <laughs> I got nothing going on. That's why you get the big bucks. But I'll tell you what, I just came back from Ireland. Everybody knows that. So I'm dedicating this show, and I know he's listening for sure, to a gentleman named Tommy O'Reilly. Tommy O'Reilly's from Ireland. <laughs> get out of town. Get out of town. <laughs> he's, a, he's an Irish guy. And Tommy was, O'Reilly McFlanagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. O'Hara. He, he was, yeah. I got Tommy, I got to tell you the Irish joke. I know, no, but... Anyway, he was our guide with CIE uh, guides and bus tours and things through Ireland and did a great, great job. It's midnight in Ireland right about now, and he says, um, he's up till one. He's older than I am, I think. And he says he's up till about one o'clock every morning. Well, he said he'd be listening. So, Tommy, this is for you. Are you ready, boy? Here we go. Oh, Tommy boy, we thank you for your guiding and Mickey, too, for getting us home safe. No, I'm just kidding you. Uh, he hates that song. No, he does. He loves the song, Oh, Danny Boy. You're but, surprisingly good, though, Strew. Well, I, I like to make people laugh. But, if he, he, um, but he's heard it thousands of times. Mm-hmm. So every time he came on, we're taking a bus tour. He has some downtime, you know, going through the beautiful valleys and hills of Ireland. It would come on. He would start sweating, you know. But uh, Tommy Riley is a good guy. So we're having a lot of fun. We're talking about Ireland right now. But, uh, but before that, we got a couple of great guests. We've got... Uh, uh, Jordan. Did I say Jordan? I think it is. You did Jordan, say Jordan. Yeah, yes. Jordan and Noah Moss, and he's uh, Jordan's dad, and and uh, Noah's the thirteen year old kid. Caught a couple of big muskies. Talked to them at about six forty. And Jim Nash, representative Jim Nash, is going to be on at about six twenty. So we've got a we got a full show here. But uh, but yeah. Ireland Ireland's the key for the first part of it. So. Yeah, you want to get right into it, or do you yeah. want to tease the audience a little? What do you think? Well, tease the audience about what. Oh, about life, about in general, about the outdoors. Nah, that's what we're the four outdoorsmen. I was outside a lot in Ireland. I went, <laughs> I went to see the cliffs and moor. You know all that kind of stuff. You know, but <laughs> yep. yeah, it was, it was a great, great trip. Well, great go trip. for it. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful Sunday. Uh, duck duck season started this weekend. I went fishing yesterday for probably the last time before I get into ducks and uh, turn in the boat. But you'd like to tease me. In the fact that you never tell me about any trips you take because you nope. want to talk about it on air. Yep. So I know we're the four doorsmen, but our main man, Strew, spent 10 days in Ireland. We got to hear about it. So we're going to hear about the wonderful land of Ireland. Now, you don't, you're Polish. Do you have any Irish in you? No. Seems like everyone has a little bit of Irish. No, no. I, I got to tell you, this is cute. And, and, uh, you asked me the question, do I have any Irish in me? Remember, I've told you this before, that my last name is Studyshinsky, right? My name, I'm Polish. Why do you say it like that? Studyshinsky, I don't know. But everybody would say, and Diana, and, she, and they'd ask Diana. <laughs> She's so cute. And they'd say, oh, Diana, are you Polish as well? She says, only by insert. <laughs> She's Hungarian, am I right? Yes, she is Hungarian. Yeah. Yes, she is Hungarian. I know this but, stuff. Yeah. No, I don't have any Irish in me, but uh, my sister-in-law was born in Dublin. It's not Dublin. It's Dublin. And it's not pubs, it's pubs. In Poob. over there. It's pubs over there. And my mom might have had a touch of Irish in her. I'm not even sure about that. But uh, my brother's been there a number of times. And I just thought, I, I know it's supposed to be a beautiful place. There's a lot of history there. And uh, it's it's part of the world. It's something that everybody should see if you can. And it's a beautiful, how, how beautiful. How big is the nation actually? Like, what would Ireland be like is the about size? the size of Indiana. Okay. 
Ah, Tommy, I remember that, buddy. It's about the size of Indiana. It's not a big what place. What would you do for 10 days in Indiana? Not much. <laughs> so go to a few Irish pubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. And it's uh, it's an island. You know, you don't even think I, about Ireland being an island, and I guess it is. But uh, It's not connected it's to the, the UK at all. It's yeah. the what? It's what? The Emerald Isle. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's what people call it. Isn't it very green? How about if I just shut my mic off and you tell us a story about Ireland? <laughs> uh, Ireland. Have you seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Uh, I want to. No, that was awesome. Last time I saw a little person was on uh, Boston Legal. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what are you talking about? The Emerald Isle. That's what they call Ireland. But, but you uh, said Darby. What's Darby? Darby? Darby O'Gill and the Little People is an old Disney movie that terrified me as a child. Because <laughs> there is a, a, the Banshees in there are... Super I've never seen that. It's old. Sean Connery's in it. It's a very old wow. movie. Yeah. Well, then uh, Tommy O'Neill's got uh, O'Reilly's got to hear this. <laughs> hey, Tommy, I tell you what. He, I know he's listening, and if not, he's going to find it on. Uh, Mick, Mickey's not. Mickey's our bus driver was wonderful, and he's probably going to get it on podcast. He's got all excited about it. But um, I wish you know uh, Tommy was was adamant about not sharing his phone number or his email with anybody on the bus. And you're gonna be you're gonna be sorry did that about kill that. You? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, like, I like to I like to talk to people. You're I'm my like new to, best friend. Yeah, yeah. We're coming over for months. Anyway, he said, and and he had a real reason for it. why. I'm not gonna use the Irish accent because I'm not very good at it. But he said he used to do that all the time. Be, oh, let's become best friends for <laughs> that kind of crap. And he says a couple of times about one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning because people are in the United States or some other places like that. His phone would ring, and his wife would answer. It's some lady asking for Tommy O'Reilly and just wants to tell him how much fun they had, those kind of things. She's saying, what the hell is going on about you? So he no longer, he says, not a chance. Anyone's getting my phone number or my email address. Smart uh, good, man. Good, yeah. But it was a great experience. It's a beautiful, I tell you what, I loved everything about it. The bus tour, CIE bus tours, I suppose it is. It's right out of Ireland. We scheduled the whole tour through Ireland. And... Uh, it was as well organized as anything we've ever been on. So professional. And Tommy O'Reilly and a lot of these guys, I'm sure, are so knowledgeable and entertaining. And they, don't, they, they know exactly when to BS with you and exactly when they give you a few minutes to, to, to lay back. Right. But the knowledge and the history they have, they know, of, of all of Ireland is amazing. And I didn't. Go ahead. Anytime you want. You see any, like, castles and stuff like that? Tons like that? of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about uh, Pints of Guinness? How many of those did you have? Too many. Too many, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Tommy calls it medication. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm going to have some medication. You go, go visit the castle. I'll go have some medication. That was Tommy O'Reilly. Hey, that was his term for it. But yeah, there's. Glad he there's, wasn't your bus driver. There was, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, that was. Uh, and he didn't do that when we were working anyway. Great guy. But uh, there's a lot of that. And there's history behind each. There's, some of these things are 1,000 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm talking that's crazy. about? Crazy. And uh, uh, we went to. We took play. We were in. Uh, started at Royal Marine Hotel in Dun. I forget how, Lahari, I think is what it's called. Galway went to Killarney, Waterford, and back to Dublin. We started like in four or five or six different hotels. Beautiful, beautiful hotels, many of them hundreds of years old. And uh, Did your plugs work? No, but I tell you, that's a good case. Tommy, Tommy Arwadi didn't know this story. We stopped him. First, we were going to stay at the Royal Marine Hotel. Yep. That's where our tour started from. But my pretty wife and I decided, let's start, go a little early. And then we got our flights to go a couple of days early. Well, the Royal Marine Hotel was booked. I mean, all of Ireland, all of Dublin was booked. You know why? Garth Brooks was in Dublin. 
No. Yeah. He and loves he, Ireland, He too. had five concerts in the Gaelic football stadium, $80,000 a night. I mean, no, no, 80,000 people a night. They sold all five concerts. That's insane. What's, uh, his uh, DVD box set includes a show from Ireland. That's really? pretty awesome. Yeah. Does it have Danny Boy on it? No, he should have done that. That was a missed opportunity for sure. So anyway, we ended up going to the Fitzgerald Hotel, and I was telling Mark this. Uh, we go to the Fitzgerald Hotel. It costs us 80 bucks from the airport. We didn't realize it was that far off, but it's called the Fitzgerald Castle. Very, very, very nice. And we got these adapters for your outlets, right? So for Diana's hair dryer and whatnot. I didn't need any of that stuff. And uh, so she puts the adapter on. We still couldn't figure it out. And she plugs it in. Boom! It blows the thing up and blocked out our room. <laughs> and there was no power to the room next to us. Damn Americans. Yeah, damn Americans. Honest to God. And here, so we, we call downstairs. Some guy comes up to help us and does something else. He leaves. She plugs it in again. And I went down to get a cup of coffee or maybe a Guinness. I come up, and the place is smoking. We have, there was smoke coming out of her hair curler and the outlets. So, uh, so we were we didn't burn the place down, but uh, you tried. We tried. We had we tried. Yeah. You mean the thousand year old uh, electrical outlets didn't accept your it was, uh, hair dryer? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I just sent you a YouTube video, Strew, that you got to check out. Uh, that'll give you some flashbacks from your trip to Ireland. I think it'll be cool. I bet you. Well, Three t- sheets Ireland. Zane Lamprey is a guy who loves to tour places, and he just it's all about drinking, and he learns all the like local customs and history behind different drinks and stuff but so it's it's really cool check it out say the name of the uh the uh, movie again you saw i want to see if tommy o'reilly if he ever gave me his email address I, he's got my phone number darby o'gill and the little people okay i'm gonna look it, it sounds up. terrifying it's it's terrifying i'm gonna look up <laughs> a lot of the cool things one of the cool things we went to uh trinity, trinity college and trinity college is uh a, a school that I'll, there's seventeen thousand. i think it is seventeen thousand people there and they have what is called the Book of, I got to find it, the Book of Kells. There it is, the Book of Kells. And it's, it, this Book of Kells is, is a manuscript crafted by monks in the 9th century, handwritten or hand, whatever you want to call it, in the 9th century. And they've got that at Trinity College. Cool. And the church, it's, and you, they have a library, and I forget all these statistics, times, so don't go crazy, but... This library is the biggest library. It's got four four hundred thousand books, in all two three hundred years old. All these books are whatever it is, and you can research. You can do research either the college people or the public and research these book with these books as well. But in order to do that, you have to have a guide, and you have to have someone stand by you the entire time you're there. From what I understand, you can't highlight the pages. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For your homework, taking photographs, that kind of thing. That was that was one of the amazing things we did. Um, did we, you hear a bunch of Irish proverbs? Because that's a big thing. Like they have, there's Irish poems, Irish sayings that are become like adopted around the world. So you hear like the "May the road meet you," but whatever. It's all very you know kind of romantic sort I, of I, language I, stuff. I think Tommy might have had one or two proverbs that he said. He was talking. He told a story about a couple of old people. And someone asked, how old were they? He said, in his Irish accent, they were well past the due date, he said. That's, <laughs> I think that that might be one of his proverbs. I have no idea. It is now. We had Going through the countryside was really neat. I love all the castles, but when you see one castle, you've seen them all. One of the things that was cool in the uh, castle, I don't even know the name of it. Oh, it was the um, where you uh, kissed the Blarney Stone, and I did that. i got to find out what town that was in. What Blarney? Come, the Blarney Just Stone. Just a guess. 
<laughs> it might have been. I don't know. I was having too many Guinness. Isn't that that giant purple dinosaur? No, 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 no. Anyway, that castle had 122 steps to the top level, and the views from up there were beautiful. I don't know how old these things are. I think that was in Cork. There you go. There yeah. you go. See, this guy must have been to Ireland, I think. I don't know. Or he can Google really fast. But here's how smart. Listen to this now. Here's how smart these guys were back then when they're fighting the bad guys. When you build a castle. Now, Brandon, I'm, I'm talking to you, too. By the way, this Brandon Baxter, one of our buddies, uh, uh, Sam, again, is gone. When they build those castles, they had spiral staircases. Of course, they're all concrete. They're not even concrete. Who knows what they built Stone, them on? Like yeah, just straight yeah. up blocks. And they built them counterclockwise. So when you're on top and the bad guys are coming up to with your, their swords, that's all they have, you know. You have a little hand railing like on the left-hand side if you're going down. Everybody back then, 99.9% of the people were right-handed. You are using your right hand on the sword. The bad guys coming up have to use the left hand, which, of course, they have no coordination. They thought about that before they built the damn castle. Unbelievable stuff that they did. It's- Until the mighty lefties invaded. <laughs> <laughs> the lefties of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, we went to a place and saw some Celtic. I think it's, we, I always thought it was Celtic, but it's Celtic dancing. Celtic. Celtic yeah. dancing. And I'm telling you, this was not even part of the tour. Here's how cool Tommy was. He suggested, if you, we got a free night tonight. I know you spent a lot of money on this tour, but for 30 euros, which is about a dollar for a euro, pretty much even, you can go see these beautiful dancers and musicians only about three blocks away from the hotel we were staying at. Unbelievable talent to watch these people do their thing. One, one of the young kids, 22 years old, was number two in the world in some kind of a competition that they did. Unbelievable. Uh, that was fun in itself. We do a lot of uh, rigging jigs here, but they do a bit of a dance in the jig over there, I believe. Oh, you're talking about fishing, rigs and rigging jigs? Rigging jigs, but they dance jigs. Do a little jig, dance yeah. a jig, right? And then, uh, like, the, it's a very fiddly music where, where there's some fiddle playing, stuff yeah. like that going on there. Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and like a lot river of dance, a lot of kicking. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Ladies are doing And I, my, I've got a bad knee. We all know that. And, and uh, watching them do their thing. Hurt my knees just to watch them, <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. Uh, and another one of our greatest—I mean, the whole thing was there's so much there and the history about it. The uh, I think it's called the the 1916 uprising, a revolution, whatever it was, when the when the Irish wanted to take back the they wanted to take Ireland from the, from the British. Yep. All that story about that was Is that like Braveheart stuff. That's Scotland, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. My yeah, bad. but yeah, it's, it's the same, the same, same direction, right? Oh, don't yeah, do yeah, 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 yeah. Tommy's not going to like that. Same bad the same guy. Thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the stories behind that will blow you away. We had a chance to go to something called GPO. I don't know what GPO is, but it was a jail, jail that was built, you know, 200 years ago. And what they did with the people who had started the uprising, a guy named Mr. Pierce, I think his name was, and his lady friend's name was Grace. 2,000 Irish people tried to take on 20,000 Britons, and that lasted for about a week, and that was the end of that. But the Britain says, now you're done. And they just started just shooting people and executing people left and right. But eventually, because of that, Ireland did get its own independence. You know, and uh, But it, it took those kind of people to do and. This Mr. Pierce who started this, who organized the, the uprising, I think is what it was called, his lady friend's name was Grace. She had nothing to do with any of this stuff, and she and he were, wanted to get married. He got married in jail. They let him get married in jail and shot him the very next day. Wow. Uh, uh, Easter Rising, I believe is what it was maybe called. Easter Rising, 1916. Who the hell are you? <laughs> Mr. Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sheepdog thing was neat, you know. 
I was telling Mark about this before. We had a chance to go to a real farm. Again, I don't know where we were, way back in the boating someplace. And this gentleman was, he was just, he looked, he reminded me of the guy who was on, uh, oh, what was the pig movie? You know, with the... Make Babe? A, Babe. He looked like the, the oh, shepherd I was on say Babe. Deliverance. It's <laughs> <laughs> a different pig movie, yeah. <laughs> Babe. Anyway, to watch him, wonderful guy, funnier than heck and well, very, very knowledgeable, of course. And he had four dogs he was showing us how they bring in the sheep. He's got one. You can do it by mouth if you're close enough, but most of the time you're not that close. He's got one whistle, and he's got four different cadence and four different sounds and calls for each dog. And those dogs know which one is being called at every particular time. You should see the, all they're running around. He'd go, Doop. three would stop, and one would keep doing this thing. And bring, uh, they, they got to the point where he brought all the sheep into his pen, and then he said, I want three sheep. I don't know who he was talking to. And they stopped, and they corralled everybody and got three sheep and brought the sh- three sheep in only. It was nuts. That's amazing. Oh, my God. It was wonderful. You know, I just got a dog, but I wanted to get an Irish wolfhound, which are giant yes. gray dogs, Jeez. and I wanted to name them Don Williams because I thought that would be cool. They called Irish wolfhounds gentle giants, oh, and yeah. that's what they called Don Williams as well. I thought well. he was the whistler guy. Was he the whistler musician, the singer? Don Williams? Don Williams? I don't know. He did uh, I, I Believe in You and uh, uh, Lord, I Hope This Day is Good, something yeah, he, like that. I don't know. He probably whistled a bit, too. He could <laughs> whistle. He could whistle. Yeah. Also, something I learned about those those sheepdogs, they're also dog dogs, no cow dogs. In order to bring the dog, the cows in, those same dogs are taught to nip the heels of the cows. Now, the sheep are afraid of them. They think they're like, you know, uh, coyotes or something like that. But the cows aren't afraid of them. So what the cow dogs have to do is they get down real low, and they know that when to get them moving, they get and nip them on the back heel because that gets them off their weight and they start moving forward. But they're always going to be kicked as well. So they're low, they stay low, they nip them on the back heel, they get down, lay low, and they kick. The the, the animal kicks, the cow kicks, and they keep on going. That's how they get those cows going, and they can corral them just like sheep. That was really really cool. Um, a lot of neat things, but uh, we had a lot of fun. Ireland is a great place to go. And if you get a chance, do it. Go to check out CIE uh, bus tours, whatever it was, because it's just, it's, I tell you, driving. Mickey gets all the credits in the world. The roads on, in Ireland, in the outskirts of Ireland, they're about the size of an alley. I'm telling you. And they got to go 45, 50. Sometimes you got to stop and pull over so vehicles can come right by you. It is absolutely freaky dangerous but to do that and to do a self-driving tour we could have we had that opportunity not a chance how much would you have missed if you did a self oh you're so concerned about driving yeah and how and we had two walking tours uh one was by a guy named connor one was guy by a guy named jack to tell us all the history of dublin and another town we were in absolutely amazing so much you forget about it i want to go back food was good feet people were phenomenal as nice as possibly it could be. So, uh, Tommy and Mick, thank you very much for taking us, uh, taking care of us on the tour. I'm going to spread the word and try to get some business. And Tommy, send me. Come on, don't be such an a hole. Send me the send me your email address if you would, and we'll go from there. Okay. <laughs> Back to you, Mark. You got something to say? Uh, do you want to do shout outs now or after break? Shout outs now. Let's do shout outs now. Thank you, everyone, for writing into the Four Doorsmen. Shout out page. We have a couple here. It's been a busy outdoors weekend, as we mentioned before, with duck opener. First one's from our friend Brian Amberg. He said, had a great opener. Here's Mason's homecoming picture, a picture with some nice ducks. 
Craig Rudolph Jr. says, my son got his biggest walleye last night, 26 inches, and my daughter caught her first largemouth bass. The weekend was filled with laughs and the kids' first duck hunts. Great job, Craig, getting those kids out. Twin Cities Walleyes Unlimited says, great uh, fish young man, referring to our guest Noah. Looking forward to our October 6th meeting with Real Talk Outdoors host Larry Hansen. Thanks for joining them, Larry. Steve Renneberg, we'll talk about him later. They, what, what's the big announcement for them? Uh, Steve Renneberg and uh, Chris from Arrowhead Outdoors Bait Store have just been voted by uh, a poll through the Minneapolis Star and Tribune, the best bait shop in the state of Minnesota. We're honored to be a part of that. We'll talk a lot more about that later. That's crazy. Uh, Steve from, from there says, poor weather again. Uh, meant slow weekend for woodcock opener and grouse hunts. Still seeing lots of grouse. And for the best fall fishing is yet to come. Jesse Koskinimi says, great weekend, whacking and stacking ducks. Lots of new bears on baits. It's going to get really good very soon. Oh, Tommy boy. <laughs> we thank you for your guiding. And Mickey, too, for getting us home safe. We'll be right back with uh, Representative Jim Nash. Missed part of Bob Outdoors? No problem. Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to the four outdoorsmen anytime. Dezeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new, efficient equipment that comes with a free, industry-leading warranty. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. For details, call our comfort consultants or go to DezealHVAC.com. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Attention guys like me that are sick of being tired, overweight, and overwhelmed. You're looking good. Thank you. There is a solution. I've been going to Everest Men's Health now for about five months, and I'm down about 10 pounds. I've gained some muscle, energy, and confidence, and uh, I was even featured in an underwear commercial recently. No joke. That'll be coming out soon. You won't believe it. Go to your nearest Everest Men's Health Center. There are three. Tell them the four outdoorsmen sent you and get a $50 testosterone and body consultation test. That's right. Only $50. I'm glad that I did. I'll tell you what, we talked about Arrowhead Outdoors bait and camping store and all that kind of good stuff in Ely, Minnesota. I'm winging this because I forgot my script. But I'll tell you, they were just voted by a poll that was done through the Minneapolis Star and Tribune newspaper last spring. As the as the gold best fishing outfitter in the state of Minnesota, what they did is they promoted this, and you could nominate somebody, and everybody could place their votes. They outvoted every other bait store, camping store, tackle store in the state of Minnesota, and here's why: we're so proud of those guys. That's like David and Goliath. I tell you what, Arrowhead Outdoors is the oldest bait store and tackle store 
up there, and it's a large provider of live bait. They've been an excellent selection of summer and winter bait and tackle, as well as camping gear, and they treat people wonderfully. you got to check them out. Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota. Everyone with a boat knows how hectic it can be at the boat ramp. With all the commotion, uh, it's key to get your trailer in and out of the water as quickly and safely as possible. That's why we've partnered with Boat Load Mate. Boat Load Mate is an automatic boat latch that allows you to quickly launch or load your boat without getting your feet wet. With Boat Load Mate, the process is effortless. Check out their website, uh, Boat Load Mate, or find them on Amazon. Is it my turn again? Devil's Lake, baby. Here we go. Let's give it a shot. I got to find it. Do I have to? What are you doing? Devil's Lake. Hang on. Devil's Lake. Devil's Lake. Do, do, do. Here it is. Here it is. Hang on a second. Live radio, right? Hey, yeah, here we go. Devil's Lake open water fishing is not over yet, but upland bird hunting is going on right now, and it's running interference. I got an idea for you, and it's called Blast and Cast. Devil's Lake Tourism can hook you up so you can target a few birds in the morning and chase a few walleyes in the evening and finish the day with dinner at one of Devil's Lake's many eateries or maybe uh, go spend a few bucks at the casino right down the road. You can have your cake and eat it too. Cast and blast. I tell you what, that's Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Get ahead of the game and get your ATV trailer into Crystal Welding for repairs before hunting season. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove services all trailers. Crystal Welding is also your local Hineker dealer, carrying Hineker snow plows and winter accessories. Get your repairs scheduled now and be prepared for the season before it starts. Stop in a schedule or go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding gets the job done. No job to small because we do it all. Ad paid for by Sentinel Group. Attention parents of premature babies. If your child was born prematurely and was later diagnosed with severe intestinal injuries or necrotizing enterocolitis, also known as NEC, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Several studies have shown a link between cow's milk-based formula and serious intestinal injuries. If your baby was fed a cow's milk-based formula such as Similac, Enfamil, Gerber, or even store-branded cow's milk-based formula and suffered from severe intestinal injuries, call us today. NEC is a severe intestinal illness that often requires surgery and can be fatal 50% of the time. If your child was fed a cow's milk-based formula and later suffered serious intestinal injuries or NEC, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Our attorneys will fight to get you the compensation you deserve and you pay nothing unless there is a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call us at 800-724-5654. That's 800-724-5654. Again, 800-724-5654. Hey, it's Jim Erickson, and join me for the All Request Lunch Hour this upcoming Wednesday and every other Wednesday at the Buffalo American Legion, post number 270, noon to 1. Request a song, have lunch, have fun. The Bob FM All Request Lunch Hour, live at the Buffalo Legion this Wednesday. Often the size of the fish grows each time you tell the story. The roller coaster gets a little taller, and the starry night sky gets even starrier. That's because the magic of some Minnesota moments is hard to put into words. The memories that become part fact, part feeling, but 100% real. Plan your dream trip at exploreminnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota Tourism, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Broadcasting live from the Barnhouse Exteriors Studios. Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com. Have storm damage? Need a new roof? Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com for a free, no obligation consultation. Total Country Bob FM. All right, we're back. 
And we're ready to start talking about real stuff that is important other than Diana and me coming back from Ireland. It is important. What a great trip. It was was fun to hear. And we did a lot of it outside as well. We got more important stuff and more important people like this gentleman right here, Representative Jim Nash. Jim, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Well, thanks for having me on, as always. I am very grateful to be able to talk to your listeners. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of listeners, so you're going to spread some love here tonight. I don't know if you heard anything prior to the commercial, but we didn't do very well with our spots. (laughs) We're kind of winging it here since I've been gone for a little while on a a vacation. Don't pay for any campaign ads from us. We'll botch them. (laughs) Representative Jim Nash, tell us about your background, of course, a little bit. I know you're in Carver County. What district is that? Uh, well, currently it is District 47A, but as you all know, district lines got redrawn, and the new one will be 48A. So I have I live in Waconia, and I represent most of Western Carver County right now out here in God's country. You know, go ahead, Mark. So was the redistricting good for you or bad for you? What do you think? You know, redistricting has it hasn't treated me poorly. My my district is still very. Very Republican friendly, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm good with what I got. All right, you mentioned that that you're, you're very Republican friendly, Mr. Nash. Your district, why is that? Is it what is the uh, not the population? What do you call it? The demographics of mm-hmm. your district? Yeah, so the demography out here is uh, there's a it's pretty heavy farm country and a lot of outdoors folks out here, but uh, you know we also have. Folks who are just, uh, you know, very strong fiscal conservatives, and it's, it's a, again, just a very pro, pro-Republican pro area that I'm happy to be serving. All about uh, gun rights and those kind of things, and, and uh, the outdoors and, con- and conservation, right? Those, those kind of things. Yeah, um, we do. Well, I, I live near Lake Laconia, which right. is the second largest lake in the metro area, and it is uh, it's a great fishing place. I, I routinely take walleyes and muskies out of there and good bass, really nice northern pike. So it's a, it's a very good lake, and I would imagine most of your listeners have probably been out to Waconia to, to w- fish the lake. if they. Waconia is a wonderful lake. Been out there many times. Uh, actually, my wedding reception was in the old Waconia ballroom. And, uh, All right. Love the area. It's What's amazing to me about Waconia is if you go out there in the winter – I mean, it is like it is a city on ice. It is absolutely amazing how many ice fishing houses are out there. But yet, the population of crappies and fish just they it keeps going. It's always great fishing there. So I don't know what it is about that lake, but they just keep churning out great fishing numbers. It's a very resilient lake, and and the ice fishing situation that you just said is. Uh, I tell people who aren't from here that if you've ever seen Grumpy Old Men, yes. that it actually is just like that, and Lake Laconia is Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> uh, you can you can walk from place to place, and some people have been setting their houses up next to each other for years. So a bun- bunch of the old-timers will say, well, where are you going to put your, your house? And they all locate around each other, and the, the lies uh, and fish stories get better each year. We're talking with State Representative Jim Nash, Carver County, uh, District 47A. And one of the reasons I like to have you on, Jim, because you're a nice guy, and you love to hunt and fish, and you're really, really good at telling stories. And, and you, don't, you, don't, you don't pull any punches. I, I, I love that. I read someplace recently that, that I'm not even sure if, if, if it's recent, but you, you hold office hours in the Capitol Rotunda, Rotunda. Is that actually happening? 
I did have so when the Speaker of the House, Melissa Hortman, right, had us uh, had a shutdown during the pandemic. I I had lots of people who said, Jim, I I need to get a hold of you and I want to come down while you guys are in session. So the office that I have in the state office building was shut down. So uh, I I bought a card table and some folding chairs and I sat down in the middle of the rotunda and we had a a little uh, graphic that we created that looks like a Peanuts character, and it was me sitting behind or behind a, a booth, kind of like Lucy does when she's the, the psychologist. <laughs> and and I was just trying to point out how absolutely absurd it was because the the Republican-led Senate was open, and uh, the DFL-led House was closed down to people, and and people rely on being able to access their their re- elected representatives. So. Mm-hmm. Especially I went out in of my a time way of crisis. and made sure that I was there to have office hours, and we we had a lot of people stop by. Good for you. Talk, talking about that, we're going to talk about your. You have a pheasant hunt coming up here, and maybe it's even this coming weekend. I'm not even sure, but we'll talk about that because uh, I think it's pretty important. It's kind of interesting as well. But what's what's new in legislature these days? What issues are you trying to push through these days? You personally? Yeah. You know, so we're not in session right now, and right. that's why everybody should feel like their wallet is safe at the moment. <laughs> but I, I think one of the things that I've, I've pushed for a long, long time, as you all have known, has been comprehensive al- uh, liquor reform so that people who want to buy a growler or buy a four- and a six-pack from a, a craft beverage manufacturer can do that. And we finally got that passed. And, and for a lot of your listeners who value bipartisanship, uh, that was done in a bipartisan manner and bicameral. But I, I think some of the things that your listeners are going to be really interested in is, um, you know, it's getting to be that hunting time of year. And right. this past year, there was an attempt to uh, make uh, Minnesota a, a rifle zone state. So right. get rid of the shotgun zone. And <laughs> um, they got shot down in, in the house. And it was not for any logical reason, but it was. It, we were told that uh, if you have rifles in southern Minnesota, some people might shoot over a hill and kill a cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are the same people that don't know the difference between semi-automatic and automatic. So I guess uh, the logic just doesn't um, doesn't come through, does it? I think we had. I think uh, no. Go ahead. I, th- I think we had somebody on talking about this oh, a couple of months back. I forget who it was. And they mentioned somebody figured out that there were more injuries, deer hunting or whatever it was, in 1920 with shotguns than there are today with rifles. I don't understand where it all came from, but go ahead, Mark. Yeah, they were talking about um, how it was actually it – it was never made to be a safety issue. That's what it was, yeah. It was made to be a maybe we'll take less animals, basically with shotguns, which isn't true now because of rifled barreled slugs anyway. But yeah, it surprised me. It never was about safety, but that's what it's become to people that don't get it. What happened with that then? Where are we in that issue? I forget. That never, that never went through, right? We'll have to take another run at it when we come back in January. And you know, the the criticism that they said was just ridiculous. And they, you know, they said it could, it could kill a cow. And the only thing that relates to a cow on on their excuse is what comes out of a cow, and that's kind of what this was. It was, it was just <laughs> you, I pick you it up you're putting a lot down. of fields with the, with the criticism <laughs> that they had. And you know, Minnesotans are safe, and and any ethical hunter is going to know 
what's behind where they're shooting. And for those of us that have hunted out west, you know, you know you're never going to take a shot when you're skylining an animal. And it's just not, not even a thing. And I can't believe that they, they said what they did with a straight face. And it's just it's, it's regrettable. Good for you. Hey, let's tell you, were, you were, uh, let's see, in 2019, you were legislator of the year, right? Ooh. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. How many, well, le- gotta, how, how many legislators yeah. are there anyway? Yeah, I got I got a, a great award from uh, a group called Housing First, right. and it was to pr- uh, to promote uh, really home ownership in the state of Minnesota because a lot of us have kids. I'm, I'm actually watching my kid uh, who just got out of the Navy. He's in the backyard with his with his siblings. Uh, he's 23 years old, and he just got engaged. If they chose to live here in Minnesota, most of it, they can't uh, afford a house. Yeah. We're not building starter homes, and we need to create some some guidelines for municipalities to not create these, these very expensive-looking homes that have lots of stone exterior or zoning laws that create a, a very large type of house, and we need to build more starter homes where all of us started off, right? We all started off in a starter home. Yeah. And we need to build more of those and sadly we're not. So it, this is this is very much for those 25-year-old kids who uh, who want to be able to buy their first home. We have to change the laws. That's uh that seems like it'd be a bipartisan thing too, you would think, but we'll see, right? You you would think, but bipartisanship didn't really happen there. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, yeah. I'm, I'm 71 years old, and, and I know what, I paid $24,000 for my first home in 19, who knows what it was, 1972, 73, 74, and I, I look at today, I know what my house is worth today, I live in a one-level twin home, my pretty wife and I do, in Vadnais Heights, I wouldn't pay what it's worth, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy, I couldn't, and we've got 10 grandkids that are going to be going through this eventually as well, to buy a house under $200,000 today is nearly impossible and uh so hopefully hopefully you can you can start promoting the right stuff to get that going as well because i think it's critical i think it's critical hey let's let's talk about you you got a you have a a pheasant hunt coming up what's going on with that i do i do have a pheasant hunt it's going to be october 8th yep here in carver county at a place called the wings of watertown right and this is this is my annual pheasant hunt it's a great event uh congressman emmer should be there there'll be a lot of other elected officials and, you know, I think we're expecting about 100 and 125, 130 people. But for your listeners, uh, you know, there's plenty of room if they want to come out. And, Strew, I, I sent you the, uh, the graphic, so if you guys can maybe share that, that'd be great. We'll do. It, yeah. It's going to be a good time. We, we, it's a pheasant farm, so you don't need a license. Uh, we ask that you bring steel shot. And I'll be there. It's going to be a great, great day. We put lots of birds out. Everybody has a good time. Everybody who has a dog should feel free to bring a dog. And we do it the week before pheasant opener so that you can shake off the rust and get prepared for uh, for wild birds. Well, that sounds like a great time, uh, Representative Nash. We have about a minute left. Are you coming up for a re-election this, this fall? I am coming up for re-election and would appreciate the support that any is uh, anybody living out here in uh, Carver County in District 48A. Uh, I'm humbled to have already been, um, I'm running for my fifth term. I've been in the House for four terms, eight years, and and I keep telling people I'm just dumb enough to love it. I, really <laughs> do, and I, I like fighting for things like this uh, because it matters. 
it matters to our legacy as Minnesotans to be able to hunt and fish and, and do things um, and invest in our community. So thanks for thanks for asking. Jim, we're going to wrap this up, and I'll tell you what, how can someone contact? They can contact you. We know how to do that. But, but if someone's interested in the in the pheasant hunt, I know it's not completely a political agenda. It's only like 100 bucks. And they get the hundred bucks back, I think somehow. But how do they find out more about this pheasant hunt? Sounds like a lot of fun. Yep, you can uh, reach out to me, and I'll even give my phone number. It's nine five two eight zero seven six four one six, or you can reach out to me at nash.jim at gmail dot com, and we can get you set up for the pheasant hunt. You're a nice man, Jim Nash, Representative Jim Nash. Uh, District 47A out that way. And, now 48A. Uh, oh, 48A. We changed it again. Here we go. But uh, uh, we're on your side. I love what you do, and uh, I love your everything about your your agendas, and you're a great man, and you do what you say you're going to do. So keep fighting for us if you would. If I lived out there, I'd vote for you. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on, and hope to see a bunch of your folks out at the pheasant hunt. You take care of yourself, sir. Thanks so much. Have you a bet. great night. How's that for a nice man, huh? Cool guy. Yeah. There was something about this. Uh, are we ready to do the thing? Ah, let's blow it away. Go ahead. Ba-na. Be right back with uh, Jordan, Dad, and Noah Moss, the young kid who caught a couple of big muskies. Not fair. Listen tomorrow morning at 7.50 for the next winning keyword in the Four Wheels of Fun ATV giveaway. Oh, sounds good. What time did you say it's going to be? Every weekday morning at 7.50. Complete details at mybobcountry.com. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com, and thanks. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Most of the time I take out my boat, I'm either with my kids or by myself, which makes trailering my boat a process. With Boatload Mate, it's a lot easier. I just drive up my trailer, it safely latches to the transom. To launch, I back it into the water, it floats over the latch. It's super easy to use, very simple to install, only $129, it's totally worth it. Visit BoatloadMate.com or you can find it on Amazon. I tell you what, we're talking about Arrowhead Outdoors. I got to say this again, and forget about reading all this stuff. They have just been voted the best bait store, I guess is what it's called, in the state of Minnesota. There's a special name for it, Fishing Outfitter, I guess is what it's called. And they deserve everything about it. Minneapolis Star Tribune had a contest. More people voted for Arrowhead Outdoors than any other fishing outfitter in the state. That is phenomenal. David beat Goliath. That's how it's the name of that is. Mm-hmm. But they deserve it. And I'll tell you what, if you ever get a chance to go to Ely, Minnesota, you got to get to Arrowhead Outdoors. Steve and Chris are the most wonderful people out there. Great store. Uh, a lot of a great 
supply of, of bait and tackle, and they're going to treat you well. There's reasons why we've been bragging about them for so long, because they deserve it. And there's reasons why they are now the Minnesota's fishing outfitter of the entire state. That's the best. Proud of you guys. If you're like me, you're fed up with the current state of our healthcare system. Video calls, masks for some reason, and inattentive care. I've found an alternative called Everest Men's Health. They're a complete healthcare center designed specifically for men. In-person, complete healthcare the way it's supposed to be, done by people that specialize in men's care and well-being. Call Everest Men's Health and tell them the four outdoorsmen sent you to get a testosterone check, body composition screen, and medical consultation for only $50. Everest Men's Health. Get ahead of the game and get your ATV trailer into Crystal Welding for repairs before hunting season. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove services all trailers. Crystal Welding is also your local Hineker dealer, carrying Hineker snow plows and winter accessories. Get your repairs scheduled now and be prepared for the season before it starts. Stop in a schedule or go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding gets the job Hi, what do you need, pal? Another commercial? No, we're ready to go. Oh, I should put my headphones on? Yeah, the music's playing. We're on the Baldonate today, buddy. I'm I'm just I have too much Guinness in me, I think, from uh, still still recovering. <laughs> well, you're a little rusty. It's been it's been a couple weeks. Still recovering from Ireland. I'll tell you what, thanks for the listening to the four outdoorsmen. Sam is up in Leech Lake. You got Strewman here, Mark Lukey, and Brandon behind the glass. And we're privileged to be here. But I'll tell you what, you must have a, our new guest on the line right now. We've got Jordan Dad and Noah Moss. They're from Aiken, Minnesota. And I welcome you guys to the Four Outdoorsmen. Hello there. There you go. There you go. That must be Noah, right? How are you, Noah? Yep, this is Noah. All right. Stay close to your microphone. I know you guys are trying to be on the speakerphone. Sometimes it's difficult for us to hear you if you uh, are not looking, speaking right into the microphone, right? Anyway, Noah, Noah Moss, you are 13 years old. What grade are you in? Can you say that again, please? What grade are you in? I am in eighth grade. All right. And how long have you been fishing? Uh, I've been fishing since I was two. Cheapers, creepers. <laughs> hey, Jordan, is he as good as you are right now? Who's the better fisherman, you or Noah? Or Noah? Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, I tell you, one of our sponsors is uh, a Balsam Beach Resort up in up in Bemidji on Lake Plantagenet. How often how often do you guys go to Lake Plantagenet, or was that your first time? Um, no, we we've been there twice. We'd stayed there um, two different occasions, and I actually went to Bemidji State. That's where I graduated college. You're from. a beaver. You're a beaver. Yep, yep. So I'm a beaver. So I fished Plantagenet for many years, um, and when I was in college there, and I, and I had a lot of friends that used to stay at the resort during school, and so I'd been in and out of there a few times, and and we had stayed there now a couple different times, and loved the lake and loved the resort. It's a great place. Well, yeah, those people are are wonderful people as well as it's 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 as nice as can possibly be. It's kind of a a family place up there. But Lake Plantagenet, I think, is is the one of the best kept secrets in the state of Minnesota. I don't think many people even know that there's muskie in there. Were you guys, were you more Jordan? Were you fishing for muskie as well the same time when Noah caught his first muskie? 
Yes, yeah. So we were we were fishing. We've been there for a few days, yeah. and we're doing a little wall, do a little crappie fishing during the day, and then we would also get out and do some musky fishing. And the we'd been seeing quite a few. Had a few follows, and I'd even lost a musky the night before he caught that first fifty-one and three-quarter. So Noah, tell us now: Have you caught musky before before that fish? Yes, I had caught one two years previous. All right, so uh, that's a long time between muskies, man. I would go crazy. You guys have more patience than I do. How long did it take you to bring that fish in? About two, three minutes, I would say. Were you surprised it was as big as it was? Did you know it was that big as soon as you hooked it? Yeah, um, I didn't think it was as big as it was. My Uncle Dave, he did, and my dad did, but I thought it was more 40 in the high, mid to high 40s, um, but we um, we didn't have the bump board. My dad, we, my dad was about 30, 40 yards just down um, Blake a little ways, and so he came over on with the trolling motor, and we put it on the bump board, and it was 51 and three-quarter, and it was a really big fish. And and really fat too. Well, that's that's uh, I like I, I that's 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 good. I tell you what, I saw photographs of you. Your dad sent some beautiful photographs of you fishing with the muskie, and of course doing the the state high school fishing tournament as well. Did someone help you bring that fish in, or were you actually strong enough to bring that fish in by yourself? Yeah, I was. That a boy. <laughs> that a boy. Well done. Well done. All right. You're a lucky kid, Noah. I, I'm, I'm 42 years old, and I haven't gotten anything close to that. So so good for you, and uh, what a thrill. What a thrill to get two in two days. That's absolutely incredible. Well, let's talk about the second one. Okay, so you caught the – people your dad's age and Mark's age and my age have never caught a muskie, or if they have, if they could have fished him for many, many years, but no one has ever caught – They very, very few have caught 50-inch muskies. All of a sudden, you think you're the, you must have been the talk of the resort for sure when you got back to shore. You went back out the second day. How long were you on the water before you caught the next muskie? Um, it was about exactly 24 hours. We had ca- um, I had caught the first one around 7.55, 8 o'clock. And this one, uh, the second one I had caught about 7.45, 7.50. So almost exactly 24 hours and we caught him exact uh, right on the moon major um that was happening at that time so you base a lot of your fishing around the the moon right i mean you call it the moon major it's a term i'm not aware of but it what is that a full moon i mean how do you determine when you're going to go fishing for muskies the moon the moon major is what he was talking about and, yep. and so that's a time when the moon is either overhead or underfoot, as well as there's a moon a minor, which is a sunrise, which is a rise and a set. And so we have an app that we follow, and muskies are very. Uh, there's a lot of different hoorah out there, whether it really is the truth or not. But there's there's definitely some truth I think to be said in my experience, and this was just kind of more of the icing on the cake. You know, both of those fish being right within minutes of that key time, 
of of when they feed during that moon major when the moon was directly overhead you know like that's just kind of ironic I've, I've been telling people that that you know you catch two giant fish of a lifetime during those key times you know that's amazing you know that's amazing i mean i want to go out with people like yourself who know what the hell they're talking about i just want to catch a fish i don't want to study all of that stuff and i <laughs> but good for you noah are you did you did you release both of those fish or is one going to be mounted yeah we released them both um, we're going to get replica Atta of boy. both of them. Atta awesome. Boy. All right. Right next to each other. That'd be sweet. You know, it's funny. Now that you caught two like that, the other one was 54 inches, give or take. You caught those in two days. Have you fished muskie since then? And have you caught one since then? Um, no, I haven't. I've fished for them. I, my dad and I have fished a couple of tournaments, um, and, Fish for a couple weekends. We have seen a lot, but we haven't had any to strike. Um, I had one that um, that was. I had one hit it. It charged the bait. It swam right towards the boat, and the fish jumped two, three feet in the air and threw the bait. <laughs> and we're and we were just like super confused, and we didn't know what even really happened. And I didn't really know what I could have done any different. There you go. Because I felt the fish hit, then my line went slack, and I tried to reel with the fish, but it was just swimming straight at the boat. That's and cool. Yeah, it was. That was uh, that was a big fish too. Not quite as big as the other two, but that was still a really nice fish. And. It was that was a really crazy day too. We <laughs> saw a lot of fish that day that we had that fish. That's a great memory. And we got one. My dad got one that was thirty three and a half. That's nothing, Jordan. That's nothing. <laughs> Mark's got a question. Noah, those two epic muskies. Did you use the same lure for both fish? And what was it? Yeah, come no. on. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> He'll tell you what it is. All right. What was it? What'd you use? Oh, um, the lure. We caught the first one on uh, Musky Innovations Custom Color Swimming Dog, mm-hmm. and that one completely killed the bait, destroyed it. I mean, the all the weights and hooks were screwed up on the rubber and stuff. Wow. And so um, I had another one that Brad Rue gave to me, and he said, you will catch a big one on this. I've got a feeling. <laughs> and that's and that was another custom color swimming dog from Muskie Innovations. And that's what I caught the 54 on. Well, I hope you have Muskie Innovations on speed dial because they should send you a couple more. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's change tune here and let's go to this, uh, the State High School uh, fishing tournament. And, and, Jordan, tell me, that was just a couple of weeks ago. What are your responsibilities? Are you involved with the, the coaching of the, the kids and all that? Tell me what's going on with that. So, so yeah, the this, this state high school fishing has been going on now for a few years. Right. And the, the kids team up. So two, two student anglers fish together in the boat, and you have a boat captain that drives the boat. That way there's no the safety right. is, is a very important part of it, you know, with, with boats. So, Kids have to wear the life jackets whenever the big motor's running, as long as well as the boat captain. And so 
we drive the big motors but and do some help, but a lot of it is put on the kids' shoulders to kind of learn the lake and figure out how to fish, and, and we look for them to kind of help with the insight on, you know, locations and techniques. You know, we can help here and there, but basically we're kind of just net man and, and or boat drivers, you know, but we do give some advice and helpful, you know, tips and try to teach them, you know, and hopefully, you know, as they grow older, they'll, they'll kind of be able to take a lot of right. it on their own yeah. and do it. But it's been really a fun kind of experience for me. I've never been on the water so much without a rod in my hand this yeah. year. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, how did, uh, well, how did, how did, uh, uh, Noah and his buddy do? Um, we got eighth place out of about, uh, the, Best 25 teams that qualified in the state. Good for you. Good for you. Your dad showed us, sent me a picture, a number of pictures of, of some bass that, that you guys caught, and uh, there had to be a couple of four-pounders in there is my guess. And he mentioned that there was one bass, one particular situation where you had one heck of a story. Do you know what I'm talking about, or, Jordan, do you want to step in? You tell him. Tell him. Uh, so that fish... So it was a it was a two day tournament. This was a two day state tournament. I'll just say that quick. Yep. Yep. And so day one, we were we were doing really well, and we were in we got up into first at a point, and it fell back a little bit. And you keep your fifteen biggest fish, and so we had had forty a little over forty five pounds after day one. We were in seventh place, and so then day two started out, and we took off. And had an earlier takeoff because the first day we had a bad draw, which then means your second day you get a better draw. And so we were able to get out onto a spot our second day. And I'll let Noah kind of take it over from here. He can tell you how that kind of all went. Here all he right. is. We got three minutes, Noah. Give us the story, buddy. All right. Um, so we had fallen into 12 with about five minutes left in the day. And so two of our other fishermen doubled up on 17 inches and moved us in the 10th, which was our goal. And then a little falls team um, had bumped us out. And my dad, as soon as he says, we need a big one, guys, I set the hook. And um, we're fighting it in. And I'm like, I'm just hoping it's a big one, hoping it's not a white bass because we had had some fish. Yeah that felt big that were white bass and so you know we were just hoping it was a big one and just i played it out made sure it wouldn't come off my dad swooped it in the net and you know we just we just we couldn't celebrate just yet we had to get the fish measured on the board because we had three minutes left we had to take the picture and submit it in before two to for it to count wow and and it bumped us up to eighth. Yeah, and it bumped us up into eighth place. And it was the biggest fish we caught of the whole tournament. It was a five-pounder. And um, we were super excited. And so my friend Quinn and I, when we catch a big one, we like to say this thing. It's the Dave Mercer, boom, shakalaka, Hey, I tell you what, young man, I can tell you, you were – Way past your years, you speak well, you're confident, uh, you have a lot of confidence, and you have a great, great personality, and I can tell you have fun. 
keep on fishing. And one thing I want you to do, because you're very knowledgeable of what you're doing, and you're going to learn every day you go on the water, and your dad will help you with this as well, make sure you give back, like your dad's doing and a lot of other people do, because there's kids a lot younger than you who want to do this game, and you can help them learn it as well. So giving back will make it feel as good as catching that five-pound bass. I mean that for sincerely, all right? Give a, make sure you give back. You got it? Good. You take care yeah. of yourself. Noah, congratulations. Jordan, thanks for all you do as well for all those kids. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and, and uh, hopefully someday we'll hook up. If you come down to the Twin Cities, we head up to, to Aiken, I'll give you a call, and I'd like to meet, meet you guys face-to-face. It'll be a lot of fun. Sounds good, Stu. Thank all right. you so much. Thank you, guys. Right, take care you. of yourself, guys. You better take care of yourselves. Isn't that a story? What a great kid. 13 years old. Good for him. Yeah. He, he he knows more than I do about fish at 13, that's for sure. So, um, yeah. What a great show. Thanks for lining these guests up, Stu. One yep. more quick shout-out from my friend Eric Schoenthaler, who used to be my boss, but he says, went on a cast and blast on the upper Mississippi. Shout-out to Oslo, Mike Westman's two-year lab, nine ducks this morning, then piles of smallmouth. Looks like the river is the place to be. I guess so. All right, take care, everybody. Strewman signing off. Mark Lukey's here. Thank you very much, Brandon Baxton, Baxton, for taking care of us. And Tommy O'Reilly, my buddy, hey, email me. I won't bother you. I'm not going to call you at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> take care, everybody. Talk to you next week. Oh, by the way, my buddy Mark's got something to say. A get outside and make some memories. <laughs>